0: This is a crow's nest podcast. Oh, and welcome to Titanic Talkline. I am Alexia. And this week, I am joined by Allison Grimm. I was going to say grimmy like Christina, but I know that's probably <laughs> wrong. That's okay. Hmm? Oh, how how are, you? are
1: you? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm on day two of a hangover because uh, I'm in my boo. late
0: 30s and they last for two days now. But uh, other than that, I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's funny. I am on, uh, I had a two-day migraine, so I'm oh. on the first day of not that. So it's kind of like migraine hangover. Yeah, you're no like related.
1: Your your entire body has been drained, and now you're mm-hmm. rebuilding.
0: What were so. you What were you drinking?
1: Mostly wine. We had our work. Did wine always got me? I mean, it, it didn't help that my boss was just like pushing it, and she was like, well, <laughs> "You two are drinking red. Why don't you split a bottle?" And then we got all this, this crazy seafood tower appetizer that came with clam shooters. So I had to do a shot. and all my coworkers are drinking me under the table and it was bad it was a bad bad scene I mean I I had a lot of fun but uh yesterday was rough (laughs)
0: the last I don't I don't really drink I have GERD and so like Mm. 99.9 of the time if I even like look in the direction of alcohol my stomach's like but I went to um LA Beatles from the Unsinkable podcast she had a meetup Mm -hmm. and I went to that and they had like this frozen drink that sounded so good it was like I'm I'm gonna deal with it I'm gonna Mm -hmm. deal with it because I'm gonna drink that and then it was good and I had a second one that was the most I'd ever drank really in a long time yeah Yeah, but it was the same kind of thing where I was just kind of like well I'm in the moment now here we (laughs) go
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. normally I try to make sure I'm sober before I go to bed but I didn't have a chance to do that Wednesday and that that ruined Mm -hmm. me That's actually not a a terrible rule
0: now that I've Mm -hmm. heard it out loud.
1: I I normally I will start the evening with a couple drinks Mm -hmm. and then I will switch to mocktails and um, other things and make sure make sure I'm not drunk when I go to bed.
0: No, that is smart. Though I am genuinely thinking back to when I, you know, when I did drink more often. And by the way, the only reason I stopped was because I had stomach issues. It was not some noble like I need mm-hmm. to clean it
1: up. Oh no. yeah, no, no, it kills my stomach too. It was yeah. I don't want to talk oh. about yesterday, but ugh. yeah, no, but I mean like
0: <laughs> just like when I was drinking, even in my early days, like just drinking a savage amount, I probably could have saved myself so much aggravation by sobering up before going to sleep because there mm-hmm. is just something to be said about going to sleep when you feel like shit. Oh my God. Yeah. And then Ugh. you can't sleep. I had
1: no. bizarre dreams. I was up, I was driving my cats crazy because they, they would settle in and then I would toss and turn, of <laughs> sweating and just, just real bad, which Arcade. I, I don't know what I would have done in like the most of the 20th century when people just drank
0: constantly i I don't understand like would i have been would that have been allowed or like we were women we wouldn't have had choices or would they have just been like be quiet dear and finish your shards yeah maybe just here's your champagne and then we're gonna have
1: port with this course and like fine right. with this
0: and it's just like constantly being pushed on you I, you're being plied with alcohol constantly yeah. you're trying to be like i'm not feeling well they're like oh poor sweetie how about you have some chardonnay and shut the fuck up
1: right like yeah um. like i don't think that's the problem no
0: <laughs> like how do
1: they just not feel like death all the time
0: i have tried like this is gonna sound like the weirdest, nerdiest thing i've said in a minute but i have tried so hard to kind of like figure that out because <laughs> it's just it's not acceptable now like, you could not wander around drinking 24-7 like you used to in, like, mm-hmm. that time period. It just is not allowed. But I'm kind of like, how did people just not fall down manholes and, like, off curbs and into water all the time? I mean, like, this isn't even mm-hmm. a joke, but I'm kind of like, I, I sober trip on a one cobblestone <laughs> and I'm 73 <laughs> feet away from my right? original destination. Like, what? Mm-hmm.
1: what? I
0: don't understand. And Plus, those- if you're wearing shoes.
1: more restrictive, uncomfortable, yeah, clothes and shoes. like
0: I, ugh. like... My brain is like those clothes are so impractical for women of that time that Mm -hmm. when I have dreams that I'm stuck in the Titanic, I had a like kind of dream the other day that I was trying to escape the Titanic, and my brain halfway through stopped kind of the dream, and I like cut myself out of the Victorian clothes I was wearing with a knife and like stole a man's clothes to wear. I was like in the middle Mm -hmm. of a dream, I was like, we need to fix the wardrobe situation.
1: (laughs) That's fair though. Yeah, you think about Rose with her dress weighed down when she no. goes down into the the bowels of the ship
0: that just seems so uncomfortable it's awful like we've all fallen in a pool or a pond with our clothes on before
1: mm-hmm. that works or lived through the 90s when all of our pants were enormous and just like we're soaking wet from the knee down
0: or you're were... we 50 pounds i'm just short so well, traditionally yeah. or not I know that's an experience <laughs> i'm used to i yeah okay. I also remember, so I, I, I missed the Jinko jeans just by a little, but mm-hmm. I did catch the big bell bottoms, the big flares of the time. I love the big, I still love the big flares. I, <laughs> I have learned as an adult, they are not, uh, my silhouette. Skinny mm. jeans are. Bless my little emo heart. It's like, oh, so this style <laughs> does work for me. Hey. Oh. Exactly. But I remember wearing those and like, you would walk and I, I. It kind of felt like wearing a mini skirt on each leg because it yeah. would just smack your ankle as you moved. It was like, whack, 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 Like personalized mud flaps all around. It was pretty awful, actually. Yeah. You know, all of that,
1: though, I still, um, more than anything, I want Rose's pinstripe outfit from the beginning. I think I would deal with the inconvenience of the whole Edwardian
0: outfit for that because that's amazing. I will admit that's not my favorite Rose outfit. My Mm. personal favorite is the I'm flying outfit. However, that one's great. It is. But but there mm. is like, I think it's because I know that cream wouldn't look good on me. That's a thing as a, as Uh, a, as an Asian mm -hmm. girl, it's just kind of like, you gotta, gotta bypass that. However, Mm -hmm. that suit is it is impeccable. I was trying to find a better word for it, but that's it. It's just, there's nothing Mm
1: -hmm. flawless. It's flawless. I think that Kate Winslet in Titanic was the most beautiful woman in the world. Like she made me realize I was bisexual when I watched it because I was enamored of how beautiful she was.
0: So you're the second person that's mentioned that at least so far on the show. And, and I think that's really important. And I know that it's going to sound like, oh my God, I'm trying to elevate Titanic to a really No, I ironic. totally get it.
1: Yeah. Because she was also a somewhat healthy
0: model to look
1: at. Yeah. Because the nineties were rough. Really rough yes. growing up in the nineties and early two thousands. Oh I my still, God. yeah. <clears throat>
0: I, I I talked about this on another show, which I don't think has come out yet, but mm-hmm. I really like this YouTuber called, um, her name is Luxaria. She is, mm-hmm. she's queen. I love her. And one thing that she really does, and it made me think about it. Cause you know, I grew up in the nineties and the 2000s. like I was mm-hmm. in college in there in time period. And she reviews a lot of reality TV show from that time. And it got me thinking recently just about the movies and TV that I, and you probably oh, grew yeah. up with. Right, like the face you so made fucked. is, mm-hmm. is yep, it, yep. It's, it's so that, <laughs> right, because yeah. the message was, you need to look like a two-by-four two with two water balloons nailed to the front,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and if you don't look like that, you're a worthless piece of garbage that should just crawl on your stomach and hope that a man mm-hmm. even deigns to look in your direction. Like, that was yep. the entire message. Mm-hmm. And that I know was that... so
1: toxic to grow yes. up, and, and even even now, I still mm-hmm. know all of this intellectually, but it's so hard to separate something yeah. that you were just steeped in for so long. I just have been watching through. Um, did you watch the Secrets of Playboy documentary on A and E? It's all up on Hulu.
0: I'm about to write that down.
1: Oh my god! Uh, I I will say big trigger warning. There, the things I, I'm that sure. Hefner did to these women was vile and despicable and it God, is horrifying I but i was a big fan of the girls next door reality show because i was mm-hmm. a little goth girl and i you know never could have entertained being in playboy i'm too weird and tattooed uh, and can relate. at the time yeah but i was absolutely fascinated by this culture and this lifestyle yeah which still even though it was so not me i was still kind of affected by i understand
0: i'm I don't really know how to explain this so I'm mixed race Mm -hmm. um it's one of those things where like this is gonna sound silly but like no one looks like me just because there is no one that like Mm -hmm. I I I I, I, like I'm I'm not Indian enough to look like Indian people so it's Mm -hmm. like I I kind of managed to escape a little bit of that but that doesn't mean I escaped any of that and I'm kind of the same way as you are in that I look non-conforming always been kind of gothy emo stuff whatever but there was a part of me when I saw those stunning, mm-hmm. stunning women. It was an allure. Wanted, it
1: seemed so glamorous. I wanted and I, you to know, look I know like it wasn't, them, but yeah, yeah, I wanted
0: to oh, feel. I, did.
1: I wanted to feel worthy of desire like that. Yeah,
0: and I. Struggle with this now a little bit too, and that I still wonder whether or not I'm attractive sometimes. Same, oh yeah. yeah. And and it's and it's and, and it's a genuine question, like not a compliment mm-hmm. fish, but it's genuinely like I look in the mirror sometimes and go like, is that I hmm hmm hmm? And it's very weird. And then I go back to all of the star. I'm thinking of all the stars of these movies. I'm thinking of mm-hmm. Hillary Duff, Lindsay Lohan, Rachel Lee Cook oh gosh, I'm completely stunning out. Jessica Simpson, these beautiful women, mm-hmm. beautiful. Even to this day, I've seen the pictures. Of, they're stunning. They're still gorgeous. They look lovely. And they starred in movies where they went through a makeover mm-hmm.
1: and even though they
0: weren't, they weren't pretty enough. And mm-hmm. when they were quote unquote made under, it was always like, first of all, they still looked great.
1: oh yeah they just put their hair up and had glasses I'm like oh great thanks what was
0: the line from it was she's got glasses (laughs) and a ponytail it's it was very that where it's just like we all know what she looks like underneath that like so it doesn't make you feel any better and then you watch this at home in your nine plus year old brain and that's what you think the path in your life is Mm -hmm. and it also added in my mind a little level of toxicity because like i was talking to uh, my friend the other day about the movie 10 things i hate about you okay um which i love that movie by the way i, I like haven't that seen movie. that one for a long time i remember really liking it i also haven't seen it for a while but i remember liking mm-hmm. it as I, it was one of the ones that out of the terrible rom-coms mm-hmm. it was like the lesser of the evil that
1: that was julia styles and heath yes, ledger right yes, yes. yeah i remember julia styles being kind of like the the one of those like gorgeous 20ish mm-hmm. year old female celebrities who was like a little more like edgy and like didn't quite go for the right the more straightforward makeover stuff. She was a little mean and I liked that.
0: Yeah, but I remember the ending of this movie and I I fully admit that I don't exactly remember the big conflict or like why she got mad at him. Mm-hmm. Um because it's been a million years, but I remember she was mad at him and he buys her A bass or a guitar doesn't matter. I don't know anything about guitars. He Mm -hmm. buys her an an expensive instrument, and I think the movie ends with her being like, "You bought me a thing? Oh my gosh, how exciting!" And then she gets a little excited, uh, like that fake face where she's like, "You know, Mm -hmm. you just can't buy me something every time you mess up." And he he breaks, he cuts her off, kisses her, and it's cute and adorable. Mm -hmm. And it was one of those things where it bothered me even at that age, where I was kind of like, "Wait, he didn't even say sorry?"
1: Yeah. You're just expected to take your man back once he shows up again. That was such a a toxic
0: message to internalize. Mm. And it happened all the time, like going as far back as Greece. I remember that Mm -hmm. was one of those things like you apologize, you Mm -hmm. change no matter what
1: he has done. It's your... It, it, the onus is on you to fix the situation
0: yeah and and yeah. that's what I as an adult especially appreciate about the characters of Jack and Rose and that mm-hmm. they're young and they have their own issues and that like Rose is a little bit of a brat and mm-hmm. Jack's a little bit toxic positive where it's kind of like you need to come to reality like if yeah. I told him my mom died I fully expect he would handle it well for the first five minutes and then it and would then- be Well, why don't you want to go do this, like, impulsive thing? And you're like, I'm grieving. Like, you gotta take your mind off it. Reach for the stars. Take a new path. It'd be like, I am going to push you into a ravine. I would like to see you. I am positive, Jack. I'm positive I'm going to ditch you.
1: (laughs) I hate the discourse of, like, well, he could have gotten on the boat or the the door. There was enough room. (laughs) No, first of all, buoyancy. They were frozen. Like, and then... It's a story. It's a fucking. St- I'm sorry. Can I swear? Out- I can swear. Yes, on this, you right? can swear. Okay, as,
0: as you want of This no, show. Sorry, a you a couldn't fucking even see the story.
1: Me. <laughs> like, who cares? Why is this a thing? Like, it makes it so much more meaningful if she just had this brief, life changing encounter. Like, she wouldn't have undergone all the character development if he hadn't died. And it's it's kind of cool. I mean, <laughs> yes. I no. I'm just gonna say it. it's kind of cool that the man dies because normally yeah like, come. Pro- yes misandry you, you get the male <laughs> protagonist who's like defined by the loss of the women like yeah and, and i like that the woman is the one who survives
0: i like that and i also like that her life both was and wasn't defined by that moment In yes, that
1: it was a she, catalyst but it, <laughs>
0: wasn't, mm-hmm, but it wasn't like you said defining mm-hmm. i want to talk super quickly about uh panic responses Mm -hmm. because everyone likes to think that you'd respond in a certain way but no
1: you wouldn't if you're in the mid-atlantic and it's pitch black and you can't see anything and all you hear are screams and you're freezing
0: no like Mm -hmm. like I dated someone a while ago who had um a mental illness and he had a a breakdown once Mm -hmm. and it was cold. I don't remember what month it was because uh, it was November, whatever it was cold. Mm -hmm. Um, I had had major shoulder surgery less than a month ago and I was still very freshly recovering. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was dark and, you know, he is, he has injured himself. Um, and Mm -hmm. I am basically chasing him around. And now that I look back on this incident, I can think of about 13 different things I could slash should have done differently. Or, but, you know, But in that moment, and that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. Like in the moment it was, I, my brain was just kind of like, well, why don't we not run into the road? Uh, Mm -hmm. corral make sure he doesn't trip over something it was literally Mm -hmm. all about just like contain the situation contain the situation right you're just there in that immediate moment and you can't see
1: anything beyond that and yeah you're you're trying to just do whatever you can in that moment to contain the situation
0: and and that's exactly and you don't make smart decisions either like I had left the house without a jacket and only had Mm -hmm. a tank top on which I took off to wrap around their arms so Mm -hmm. I was even colder like that is mm-hmm. not a smart choice. Yeah. So I look at you know Jack and Rose and everything and in Jack's and then you get stuck on one goal. And my goal in this was just keep them safe, keep them safe, keep them safe, mm-hmm. keep them safe, keep them safe. And in Jack's mind, I'm seeing him probably be like keep her safe, keep Rose safe safe. That's all he was
1: thinking about. Yeah, he has no yeah. more
0: room in his brain for that. Mm-hmm. Uh maybe just keep her safe and inhale exhale inhale mm-hmm. exhale. You know, it's there's a lot of that would have to go into geometrying your way on to this All thing. Right. You have to get on at the same time, right? Arm, mm-hmm. left arm, crawl together. Yeah, and you're not thinking
1: logically when you're in that extremely stress stressful situation. Yeah, no, no. Like, well, I,
0: your your brain functions are down to, you know, most people died in that water in under 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and by that time they'd been in there completely submerged for at least a couple, like.
1: And this is after, like, an hour or so of absolute panic on the oh ship.
0: Gosh. And even before that. Mm-hmm. Because, so you the know, they, they hit the iceberg. Even yeah. before that for these two, because they started. Oh, for Jack and thing- Rose, for yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. So for these two, they've been running on pure adrenaline for hours. hmm That's horrifying. Yeah. Like, I have had, again, after this, the adrenaline collapse. It's awful. Mm -hmm. you can't do anything
1: your (gasps) brain just shuts down
0: right it's like cool we don't have to do anything anymore yeah and you're like "Mm." yeah uh it's like baymax when he's deflating yeah very that but yeah i that argument always makes me nuts because it's like Mm -hmm. technically true technically true i I hate internet pedantry shut up
1: nobody likes you fuck off So oh, like oh I... you're you're the coolest and smartest person in the room. I'm so impressed by you. Oh
0: my gosh, shut up, Dorothea. Great
1: oh research.
0: <laughs> no, one. Uh, uh, also, uh,
1: hey, shoulder surgery buddies. I had shoulder surgery two years ago. Oh, uh, what happened to you? I uh, I tore my labrum <laughs> uh, like six or seven years ago, and then I just never did anything about it for a mm. while, and then my arm kept popping out, and that was <laughs> real bad. So, how about you? Yeah.
0: Uh, so I. <laughs> I dropped into a bowl uh, on roller skates, but then at the same time decided that I uh, wanted to bail out, which Mm -hmm. in case you're wondering, never works out. And like, I tried to grab the lip as I was going down, which like just fall, Uh just fall. I would have hurt myself way less if I just fallen. Mm hmm. Yep, because I completely dislocated my shoulder. And luckily the first mm-hmm. time I was able to fix it with just PT. But yeah. like you were saying, like I play roller o- derby. Over the long term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I would take hits and like every once in a while I'd fall in a weird way or take a weird hit and it would mm-hmm. come out and go back in and finally it, and it came was out. so painful when it would come out. Yeah, well,
1: oh my it god. It happened to me at the last time was in the middle of the night. Oh I was just the way I was sleeping it just and my husband was in the bathroom at the time and the way it sounded to him I'm in there hyperventilating cuz I can't pop it back in yet like I was just in that state of panic and he thought one of the cats had done something funny and I was laughing like that's what oh it sounded like and I'm just like in bed freaking out so it was just like all right, I'm calling the sports medicine people the next day. Oh god. Yeah, I don't but that was that was a tough recovery. I had eight yeah. weeks of I had eight weeks in a sling and then like or no, I had six weeks in a sling and then mm-hmm. eight weeks of PT.
0: I I recovered really well from my surgery. Yeah. I I I will say and I don't I it was but it was it was hard. Like was you said really it was. Hard. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm a weight
1: li- I'm a weightlifter too, so uh, like, uh, you, like, I it was really getting in the way of my ability to do things because I was like, well, I don't know if I can brace properly in the yeah. squat position because what if my shoulder pops out?
0: No, I I completely understand because yeah, I I not only play roller derby but my play style I am shoulder heavy. Mm, I don't have the center of gravity in my hips like I do. My shoulders are wider than my hips, so I mm. use those. But unfortunately, that means I use the damn things all the fucking time. Yeah, which things they wear out, and uh,
1: yeah.
0: Oh my god, I, uh, one of my last practices in Maryland before I moved out to Texas, I fell, and I now realize that my shoulder didn't even pop out, but I hit it on the ground in such a way that it was reminiscent of it. Yeah. And I had it, I had a flashback panic attack. I screamed Mm -hmm. so loudly that one of my teammates thought that she hurt me bad oh my god. and then I just started weeping but it was one of those things where I was like I, oh my god did it did it happen again yeah Am I gonna have to have the surgery repaired again am I gonna have to do this again am I and it, you know i had been told by my PT if you do this again like the one thing I like about my surgeon <laughs> is that he's very honest with me but not in like a rude way but just if I mm-hmm. ask him a question he'll give me the answer yeah and I asked him a question and he says if you dislocate your shoulder again I will advise you to stay off skates permanently Oh, and I was like, for contact. He's like, yes, for contact. But it's like, but that's what I love, and it's that's one what of those you like, yeah, exactly. So. And it was one of those things where it's kind of like that can't. Well, I can't do that again. And mm-hmm. Like I, and it's 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 hard to override that. So mm-hmm. I I get it, especially because I I never done lifting. Mm-hmm. So every once in a while, when I used to go to the gym, I do like the squat machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. I remember, like every once in a while, if you do it just a little wrong, that feeling of yep, <laughs> that, that the little twinge, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it freaky because you're kind of like.
1: Yeah. Actually, um, so for for listeners, we had to reschedule this uh, because of ice trying to sink us. It turned <laughs> out uh, we had ice on the power lines here last week, and my power was out for about five hours. And then you had the winter storms mm-hmm. in Texas. We had but the Texas actually, ice. It actually kind of worked out that we weren't able to do it because on Friday I watched a, um, I think it was a British TV movie from 1979 called SOS <laughs> Titanic. Have you seen? That? Uh- <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yes and no uh okay. i've seen half of this movie and then mm-hmm. i went to lunch
1: oh did you see the first half or the second half the Is first the half the half- first half oh the second half was way better i really, didn't really like i, I didn't couldn't really tell- like the first okay. half
0: okay maybe i should go back and watch it because like the first half was eh- to me. it was
1: kind of it was boring did you watch the um So there's, there's two versions. There's the like American theatrical cut. And then there's the version that was shown on the BBC, which is a little over
0: two, it's like two and a half hours. We, that was the one that we had started. The theatrical one is like 90 minutes or something, which I think probably might be better. Mm. Yeah. I don't don't know. I'm not sure
1: what cut, but everything I thought about the sinking was done well. And that that's the most interesting Hmm. part to me anyway. I I thought they did it well in the disaster.
0: I didn't make it to that point in Mm -hmm. the film. Uh I all I really remember is a lot of awkward staring. There was a lot of There's hardcore seventies staring. Yeah.
1: And and it got me thinking too like it's, I don't know when the switchover was, but every movie that was made in the 1970s, you can instantly tell it was the 70s. They didn't make any, like all the hammer stuff or, or whatever, um, they all have 70s hair.
0: Oh my like God, they, it's intense. They didn't make any
1: effort to look historically accurate when they come I to hair.
0: I love the scene with Madeline and J.J. Astor in their bedroom where she ba- she basically has <sighs> pigtails. <Yeah>. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and also the actress who played Madeline Astor in that movie was 45. What's funny, because
0: she looks like she's 12.
1: I See, I thought she looked like she was 30. Really? I yeah. thought she looked like, like a baby. was like, there's no way this bitch is 17.
0: <laughs> oh my god, it's like Shirley <laughs> Henderson as Moaning Myrtle, but she really did look like a kid he in really, those movies. She did look like a kid, yeah. love Shirley Henderson, but I, I personally, maybe it was the pigtails. Yeah, but yeah oh, the pigtails definitely, yeah. The pigtails on the white nightgown, it was kind of like, mm-hmm. that woman looks like a baby doll. Mm-hmm. And he looked like Chopin. It was intense. Yeah, yeah which i kind of appreciate because i thought that the night what am my hands doing i thought that the 97 <laughs> movie kind of like balanced the ages out a little bit like Very, we only yeah. saw them for two seconds to be mm-hmm. fair but she did not look as young and he did not look as, as old but in this mm-hmm. movie they were kind of like hey look hey, at the age hey, difference yeah. this is a creepy old man women were expected to just take it Well, it was so common back then which has been oh, yeah. mm-hmm. it- yeah, there was a lot of very seventies hair in that entire thing. Oh yeah. So are
1: you going to see Titanic for the re release?
0: I am because I haven't seen it in theaters uh since it was out. I missed really it. Oh you yeah. didn't see
1: any of the any of the re releases. This will be no. I think
0: I think this will be the third
1: time my mm-hmm. husband will have seen it in the theater with me. Nice. He's like, it's Valentine's Day weekend. I'm legally obligated to. Ah, He's see, like, I've go. seen Titanic more than some movies that I really like. <laughs> like, you're a that good works. husband. Thank you.
0: Have you seen it in 3D already? uh
1: yes because it was in 3d last time it was out mm-hmm. and i i remember it not being super bad i normally don't like 3d because i wear glasses uh, yep same I, I hate my contacts so i never wear them so i got to do the glasses over the glasses which but drives I, me nuts yeah but it it felt a little more um subtle like it just mm-hmm. kind of made everything pop a little bit it wasn't super glaring like there was that trend for a while where everything had to be like ah coming oh out of God. the screen.
0: it was the spy kids thing mm-hmm. and that makes me nauseous it gives me migraines yeah mm-hmm. i can't i i can't hang with the 3d movies i mean like i'm sure that for certain films and certain circumstances it looks like super cool and it's mm-hmm. awesome like i can imagine for example like the new star wars movies would have looked super cool that 3d would look cool. Uh,
1: yeah. coraline coraline looked good in 3 oh
0: my gosh that is one i did see in 3 that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite movies i yeah. love i love that movie it's a great movie i got to watch it again me too. I think that movie is like weirdly underrated, mm-hmm. and it's and so creepy. It I can't is. imagine seeing it
1: as a kid. I mean, I would. I wish I could have seen it as a kid because I would. That would have been my shit. I would have loved it. I
0: wouldn't have made it through. No, I know. My, I I left Nightmare Before Christmas because uh, that duck with teeth freaked me out. Oh, I saw the uh, Stephen
1: King's It miniseries when it was on TV, like in 1991, when I was five. <laughs> And I was, a, I was afraid of <coughs> bathrooms for a long time from it, but Fair. I watched it. I grew up watching horror movies with my mom, so I was kind of inured to it at an early age.
0: I don't know if I'd have been... It, it depends on what age I saw Coraline. Is The reason Nightmare Before Christmas scared me is because I used to have a duck that looked like that, and then I saw that one and it scared me. I mean, the, the duck's <laughs> teeth is just a scary
1: concept. Oh, it was upsetting. In a vacuum,
0: yeah. Yeah, but it's like, I never had like a doll with button eyes, so maybe mm-hmm. Coraline wouldn't have freaked me out. But, <laughs> I don't know, but I love to this day i love that movie and i wish that it got the attention that the the tim burton films Mm -hmm. did because there's something to its message and its storytelling that is just abundantly wonderful absolutely and i I can't even
1: explain it it had a great it didn't um ellen what's her face um who she was the original uh I can't, I've suddenly forgotten every name I've ever known. Uh, She was, um, the, the, the lady in, uh, um, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh,
0: She was, wasn't she,
1: was she one of the aunts? I think. Maybe. I don't know. Somebody can write in and tell you if I'm right. (laughs) right.
0: I could Google it, but I'm not going to. I'm not, uh, whatever. I don't care. I don't care that much. But it was, it was, it was a horror movie, a psychological horror film for a younger crowd. Mm Mm-hmm. No Game is so good at that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it was... I watch um, a YouTube series called Cinema Therapy. I really like those guys, and they talk... um, They did one on Coraline, and they talk a bit about... Um, sort of the film. And one of the things they point out is that it's a good example of different styles of like indulgent parenting versus avoidant parenting Okay, and things of that nature, where you see the other mother is an indulgent parent. It's everything mm-hmm. you've ever wanted. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Coraline's parents are more real, like maybe they're a little bit neglectful, but like they're trying mm-hmm. really hard and it's, it. they were pointing out that manipulative people and people who want to do you harm will look for those deficiencies in your life, mm-hmm. And they may not even look like traps like Coraline. Why would it look like a trap to have someone who's nice to you and gives you cake? I mean, I I, genuinely, Mm -hmm. that's not a horrifying thing, especially when you're lonely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and especially when you're, you don't know what that means when you're little Mm -hmm. and when you're a kid and like her, she moved away from her. I I, I can really move away from your support network. All you have is your parents. You want their attention, but they're just too busy. So you find Mm -hmm. someone who's like, Oh, I'm not just a stranger. I'm your other mother. Mm-hmm. I I want what's best for you naturally. And I'm going to show that to you by giving you all of my attention, mm-hmm. all of these treats and everything you've ever wanted. Isn't it wonderful? And then later on, she makes the request. Mm-hmm. And that's when everything changes. And that's, you know, when they, when it, you know, they talk about how it shows, um, you know, manipulators start to show their side once you start to, once you buy in. And well, you start once, you were, once you're
1: entrenched.
0: Yeah, once you start trying to buck the system, mm. that's when that's when the flip switches. Mm-hmm. Nope, the switch. <laughs> I just switch. It, didn't even, yes. sound, it, it didn't even sound. even weird when I said it. I was if, like, "No, that's right. Yeah, huh. yeah. Like, no, this is normal, <laughs> and I am an English major who knows things." <laughs> but. Because I'm, I'm brilliant at tying everything back to Titanic. It reminds me of Cal, because I will say, when I, when I think back to watching this movie the first time, when you're first introduced to Cal, he seems fine. Mm -hmm. He gives you this
1: beautiful necklace.
0: Well, not only that, like you first see him, he gets out of this, um, the car, Mm -hmm. big smile on his face, like a kid with a toy. He's trying to get his bride excited about the ship. And she's like, fuck you, I'm bored. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, what? yeah like it seems to him like he it's like honey look at the fair look at the horses and she's like horses smell weird he's like Mm -hmm. but that one's gorgeous (laughs) yeah that that is exactly what it feels like when you first meet him yeah and exactly that where you you, that and that is what you see and I think of that now and I'm like that's what everyone sees from Cal Mm -hmm. no one else sees any they see him being like honey look at the balloons and they see her being like balloons are terrible somebody give me a needle like Mm -hmm. that's all right and it's one of those things where it's like manipulators are like that they know they're she looks like a total sourpuss and he looks like he's falling at her feet to make her happy
1: and that totally plays up on misogynistic stereotypes too Mm -hmm. like oh here's this guy who's bending over backwards for his for his wife who's just a Mm -hmm. who's just a stuck-up bitch
0: yeah because in public at least and but you notice when the uh you notice the change when he meets jack
1: Mm-hmm. Once he's a poor. Someone who's beneath him.
0: One of those plebs. Mm-hmm. But he realizes there is a rival. And in and that's when you start noticing his mask slipping in public just mm-hmm. a little bit. And it's really well, interesting y- to me. You do
1: kind of notice it a bit before. Um, that's true.
0: That's true. With
1: uh well, she'll have the lamb, rare, very little mint, and you know, and she just gives that like the Daenerys
0: smile. Mm. Mm. <laughs> it was very much the mrs love it yeah but what i find interesting about that is that i agree with you and i think we notice it because we're modern women and molly yeah. notices it because she's not from that social strata but that's mm-hmm. normal and that's everyone that else would have just yeah. completely ignored that shit yeah like, that was normal e-
1: even when i was 11 i was such a like a shitty i was little so fe- mad about i was that. a shitty little feminist kid i'd be like six like why does god have to be a man <laughs> i like that though (laughs) yeah yeah i'm sort of predisposed to side with rose
0: well i think that's good and i'm really lucky that my parents did not raise me with like traditionally misogynistic mind Mm -hmm. views so i'm grateful for that um i had friends who didn't experience that but yeah it's one of those things where in my like i think it's shitty when cal's like i'm ordering for you because obviously Mm -hmm. we're like fuck you but at the time that would have been super normal yeah and it's one of those things where he, you know, he only freaks out on her when the help's around. Mm-hmm. Same with her mother. It's You know, in public, it's all very like smiles and to-do and we're mm-hmm. happy. But then the wrench enters the equation and that's when you notice the variable change.
1: That, I, and I was thinking about that a lot while I was watching that Playboy documentary. I'm very fascinated by beautiful seeming things which are completely rotten on the inside.
0: Oh God. Did you read... Gloria Steinem's article, short piece
1: about when she was a bunny. Yeah, I mm-hmm. read it. In I was college. played by bunny. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so fucked. Oh and at the God. same time, I would love to wear a bunny costume just once. That's such right. an iconic, glamorous thing. And I'm it, not
0: at all disagreeing with you. I actually it, really want to wear one too. I
1: would love to, but it's so fucked up because everything behind that that symbol is so vile and rotten to the core
0: exactly and it's really
1: hard to reconcile that
0: it just goes to show you how fucked up that media bombardment was that Mm -hmm. you can recognize how terrible something is and still so desperately want it
1: yes exactly
0: I realize that all those things are fucked up and yet sometimes I'll look at the mirror and be like, well, why don't I go get lipo and mm-hmm. um, get my my tits lifted because they've yeah. sagged a bit, get them a little mm-hmm. enlarged. Mm-hmm. I don't like this double chin. Why don't we get rid of that? That's, mm-hmm. that's possible now. Why don't, why don't I, I get them? a nose job? Yeah. I think that every so often, and mm-hmm. then I'm not going to lie to you. Every time I think about a nose job, I feel super guilty because I have my father's nose
1: mm-hmm. and not
0: only that, but it's like, you can trace my nose back to my my Indian family for generations. Mm-hmm. And then I feel bad because I'm like, did I just call everyone in my family ugly? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I was. Um, I was at a family reunion on my mom's side a couple years ago, and my mom's one cousin is really big into genealogy and had all of these photos going back. And I don't really look like my dad's side at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some of these photos, I I was like, that's me. Like, that's what my nose looks like. That's so crazy to see this person who lived like 150 years ago who looks like me.
0: That's amazing. I. I wish we knew more, like I will say being Mm -hmm. Indian, there's different like records. And Mm -hmm. so we don't really have that in the same way. And my, my mom's family, my, my grandfather's Filipino is the same thing. We don't Mm -hmm. have many records and we don't really know much about the rest of our family, but I like that that exists for a lot of people because it is cool to be able to really see who you are and where you come from, because it helps you identify a sense of self, which is something that a lot of, I feel as though the media discouraged, especially, I say women, but I'm also, I basically mean everyone that's not a cisgendered man. Mm -hmm. Um, Basically to not have a sense of self.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Who are you in relation to others? Mm -hmm. And seeing that theme play out a little bit in Titanic was really interesting as a kid to have Mm -hmm. two, a a movie centered around basically a young man asking a young woman, well, who are you? Mm -hmm. Or who do you think you are? and And she has no
1: idea right and he's the catalyst for her going on post titanic and renaming herself and reinventing herself and i will inventing herself for the first time really as her own person instead Mm -hmm. of just a projection whatever everyone around her wanted her to be
0: yeah and that's really important i'm i'm glad now one thing that i really love about gen z I hate mm-hmm. your lingo, I'm officially old, where I'm just like, the fuck are you talking about? I have no
1: idea what they're ever saying, but I love Gen Z.
0: Me too. There is there is an extremely fun Gen Z energy where I'm just kind of like, hashtag enviable. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I really like about them is that they are coming into themselves younger.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. And- I also announce for roller derby, and I like I talk a lot about being like child free and blah blah blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I can't. Blah, yes, my god. But yes, <laughs> yes. But I had a hysterectomy in 2020 voluntarily. Goodbye, mm-hmm. loved it. But I got um, I got my tubes yeeted last year. Hell yeah. Ooh. Um, but I really like announcing for junior derby. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. There's something I really like about it. And one thing I noticed is, so I normally like to go and check with everyone to be like your name and your number because mm-hmm. I want to make sure I say it right. Mm-hmm. Um the last thing i it's like i hate when people pronounce my last name wrong because like just yeah. ask me like <laughs> yeah and i'll tell you yeah precisely um and i always make sure to tell them it's like if you use any pronouns that are not mm-hmm. you know the ones that i might think they are please let me know and if you're not comfortable yelling that out in front of everyone come mm-hmm. you know you can this is me you see what i look like come and find me at any time
1: mm-hmm. i've
0: never had a, a, a kid come and find me later they've always either told me themselves uh-huh. or and this i love their teammates told me for them oh. because they realized they were mm-hmm. a little bit too shy to speak up mm-hmm. for themselves. It'd be like, they just point to their friend, be like, mm-hmm. "They, they, they, they." they, <laughs> they, they, <laughs> they, they <laughs> and that's that they're supportive of each other. That's great. Doing. Yeah, it was, it was, it's amazing. And these are kids as young as six and seven.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I think it's so good that kid like encouraging kids to explore who they are because mm-hmm. I From I grew age. up I grew up with kind of a chip on my shoulder about it because my my dad is very i don't speak to him anymore because he's an awful person but he he would have raised me to be like a perfect dutiful obedient little daughter like one of his things was you know conformity going with the flow you can't do this because that's not something that girls do ah,
0: very keep sweet pray
1: and yeah. obey type stuff yeah and my mom is the opposite of that they should never have been together they were both rebound relationships and it was <clears> fucked <throat> up but she's sorry yeah this uh, <laughs> is super fucked she's I love her to death she's very you know progressive and uh her own person but she's a very big like not like other girls so I didn't really have a lot of female friends growing up and I wasn't encouraged to participate I wasn't allowed to do like cheerleading or dance or anything like that I didn't participate in any of those like female sisterhoods mm-hmm. I was always encouraged to think that I was better than other girls because I wasn't like that yeah and that was that was really hard to unlearn as, as I've gotten older
0: I talked about this with again on another podcast uh, because I uh, I was thinking about the not like other girls things because I also went through a phase I'm sure a lot of us of our age did oh yeah where we were like I am not like other girls and Mm I I saw a tweet or a meme or Facebook I saw a thing the other day and by the other day I mean like five years ago that was floating around (laughs) was like um it was floating around that was basically something like. I think the reason that so many women had a not like other girls phase is because for the longest time, we were told that there was one acceptable version of girl. Mm
1: -hmm. And if
0: you weren't that, then you were trash. And so it was everyone's way of bucking that label. A thousand percent. Exactly. Without realizing that that mythological girl doesn't exist. Mm Mm-hmm she doesn't di- i don't care if you think you know a person that's like that she's not like that because mm-hmm. that mythological saint sinner madonna whore whatever whatever complete dichotomy is not a real person
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's just so- forcing people into boxes and nobody exactly fits into a box men don't Precisely. get treated like that no and so yeah i think it was just a way for everyone to be like i'm not your stereotype goodbye mm-hmm. yeah Thankfully, and it, we're moving away from that
1: yeah I'm, I'm glad and it, mm-hmm. it did feel powerful at the time but I bet then you grow up and it, it realize it's hard to make female friends and it's because of you so it, it took it took a lot of work
0: to kind of to kind of unlearn that well I think you're awesome and I will be your friend well thank you thank you I'll be your friend too amazing because I don't yeah. really have any out here right now <laughs> oh you're you're where in Texas are you I'm in Austin now.
1: Okay. My uh, one of my super cool cousins live in, lives in Austin. I want to I want to visit her sometime. I've never been. I've been to I've been to Dallas. Okay.
0: I've but... I think I've been to Dallas. I will say like a part of part of my grouch is just because I'm homesick mm-hmm. um for We're, my home state. You're from Maryland, you said? I am. Okay. But I will say that in the grand scheme of things like Austin is not a bad city. It it's got cool stuff mm-hmm. to do. It's got a lot of stuff to do super cool shops like really good restaurants and there's always a music act in town so it's like mm-hmm. it is not a bad place to visit like i said i'm just grouchy because i'm like meh, 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 meh. Uh, but in, as far as Austin goes, it like it's a cool place to visit but... an, an oasis in the middle
1: of the hellscape that is the rest of texas
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie there's still a lot of texas going on here like i i i am still not used to seeing like the concentration of don't tread on me plates that i have seen uh see well i grew up in rural pennsylvania
1: and you said you went to school in rural Pennsylvania, so you get it.
0: <laughs> that's I where saw, I got accused of being a vampire and run out. I saw more Confederate flags in the parking
1: lot of my high school than I've ever seen below the Mason-Dixon line.
0: <laughs> it's true! Like, what <laughs> the Mar- fuck? Mar- we Mar- live Mar- in Pe- Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania! It's like when I would drive out in certain places, because I'm sure, you know, like the Maryland-Pennsylvania border. Mm-hmm. You get you get into Maryland territory and you're kind of like, run!
1: Help! See, I like when you go from Pennsylvania to another state, and the roads are immediately smooth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, it depends on the part of the yeah, of the, the part of the but, state. But I mean, you can
1: usually tell, like the moment you cross
0: over. Dude, I, the, I'm sorry for the entire state of like Alabama, but yeah. y- y- whenever you tr- cross the border in Alabama, it's kind of like, well, this is gravel. Mm. It's pretty awful. It's just, oh my gosh, but yeah, I mm. so this is going to sound like pearl clutching a little bit but <laughs> so, so i grew up in like near the dc border so okay. i you know a pretty liberal
1: yeah area there, a, a real place with people <laughs> and
0: culture <laughs> So, and i also do again roller derby which is known for being like progressive feminist mm-hmm. oh, lgbt sure. friendly oh yeah so i i don't encounter a whole lot of wildness but every once in a while i encounter something and like weird and i was at a practice recently within the past two months that way i can't pinpoint the league um because this could have <laughs> been, been, been back this could have been back home by the way where i encountered somebody who had a crossed rifles tattoo and i blue screened for a full 10 seconds like i wish i was joking i just like stopped oh. in my literal tracks i was like mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i felt like i felt like uh, like a Pikachu caught in a fucking cookie jar I was just like the- yeah. <laughs> what the fuck yeah because it was like not in my like in my cereal though like in front of my salad yeah. what's <laughs> happening like in my oh, good Christian suburbs <laughs> <laughs> because again like this is a space that I'm used to being like the most inclusive right and there is a person and I was just like I don't I don't want to include to- you no honestly kind of yeah no, like i, I don't, I don't think bigotry, like no bigotry
1: doesn't get to be included if your beliefs are <clears throat> intolerant of other people's right to exist as they are then fuck you i don't have fuck to you, tolerate you. Yeah. no
0: and and it's and it's very it's very that because like i i am very sympathetic to people you know You grew up in in rural Pennsylvania. Mm I I mean, I I grew up in a pretty progressive area, but I've been to other places and I had family that grew up in Florida. Mm -hmm. So I'm fully aware of what your circumstances can do for Mm -hmm. your for your everything.
1: For sure. Especially if you're the kind of person who wants to please others and, Mm -hmm. and fit in. Yeah. I I never felt like I fit in and uh, I felt like I was never able to really mask myself so I could yeah. fit in. So I I spent a lot of time being ostracized because of it. Same.
0: And and I get that, but and I remember also going through a phase where I wanted nothing more than to be good, like mm-hmm. a good kid. And that wasn't even an act. Like I just wanted people to think I was a good kid and mm-hmm. I I you know, I went I even voluntarily. My parents didn't make me. They waited till I asked to be baptized and confirmed oh, really? in the Methodist church. Yeah they, my, my parents were like, we're not going to make you. And they waited till I asked and they were like, are you sure? I'm, I don't practice mm-hmm. faith anymore. Yeah. Um, but it, I realized now it was an, it was an effort to find acceptance from something and somewhere. And I will also say that I, I did love my pastor very much. It was mm-hmm. my, my pastor in particular, my one mm-hmm. Nina Hacker
1: mm-hmm. was
0: like the opposite of toxic church. She was oh, really, Oh yeah. That, I mean, that's, she's 98% of the reason that I ended mm-hmm. up finding faith and wanting to be baptized was because I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is what faith is. This is what, This is religion. This is great. It's amazing when you get those rare,
1: good Christians who actually Mm -hmm. model themselves after Jesus and not, you Mm -hmm.
0: know, American Jesus. And then conversely, when I was nine years old, I went to Catholic school. Um, My teacher, my religion teacher, by the way, in front of the entire class told me that definitively I was going to hell, not because I was a bad kid, but because I wasn't Catholic. And if I wanted to fix that, I needed to start praying to Mary now. (sighs) And I cried in front of everyone. Good thing to say to a child.
1: <laughs> I know, right?
0: Like th- That's one
1: of the philosophical exercises I used to do as a young kid, though. I would sit there in church and I would think about, oh, well, what about people who lived before Christianity or before mm-hmm. Christianity was brought to them? Or just all of these people who never heard of it, are they just burning in hell because they didn't know? That's super right. messed up. <clears throat> yeah. And I think... I, I also got confirmed in the Methodist Church, but it was only so I could go on trips with the youth group. I yeah. I, nev- I never. <laughs> we didn't um, have a youth group. <laughs> oh, so I even as a kid, I never believed in the Christian God. It just I don't know. I, I was completely raised to in that atmosphere. My family was very Christian, like my younger cousins, or the the Veggie Tales kind of Christian. Mm-hmm. I went to Bible school every year. I was in mm-hmm. choir and bell choir, but I never believed. It was yeah. just something to do I got it and then we got a pastor when I was maybe like 15 who was because we we had a good pastor when I was a kid similar he was just a really really nice guy um mm-hmm. he always would talk about the peanuts car he was obsessed with Charles Schultz so he'd always <laughs> talk about peanuts in his sermons so I dig it more interesting and then this new guy came in who was just absolutely terrible like there was one Sunday that he sent his wife home to change because her dress clashed with his tie. And my mom and I were like, fuck this. So we never went. My, my dad kept going. And I, I don't know if my brothers did, but my mom and I were like, we're out. We're no, not doing this.
0: That is that is 14 reasons to opt out of anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's bananas. I just had a realization like just now in that like when I was younger, I did not connect the church that i went to at school with my mm-hmm. actual church like i guess i consider oh, really? them completely different religions hmm. yeah i well because the catholic church made it all but clear that i was not part of them oh so it was like i just That's... went to mass because it was part of school so it was like mm-hmm. i'm just here because it's school. yeah i'm just here because it's school this is somebody else
1: I'm, I'm observing somebody yes. else's cultural traditions yes yeah. it was
0: very like i'm going to somebody else's church because i slept over like mm-hmm. it was very that puppy sorry this, this is me in work meetings
1: too. <laughs> like, oh, oh dog. dog. Hi. Hi. Who's a good boy and or a girl?
0: This is Leto, It's a boy. Leto. Hi, who's a good yeah. boy?
1: <gasps> He's a very good boy.
0: But I don't um. Know. Mm. Religion is 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 weird and it's one of those things where I'm like, if it if you Practice a religion and and you find comfort in that. I'm happy for you. I now I guess technically would be like a witch or whatever. And that it's like I deal with like tarot cards and insets and candles and shit like that.
1: I love you. I was just about to say I read, I I I read a friend's copy of The Spiral Dance by Starhawk when I was 14, Ah. and that changed my life. Um, after after I'm done with you tonight, actually, I'm doing a class with um a local um which group i'm part of
0: oh so cool so
1: yeah that's i i'm obsessed I I, ca- I I counted my tarot collection last week and i have uh 48 tarot decks holy
0: shit uh, i have like two <laughs> i'm like
1: i mean I, I am a collector but
0: but uh bob seeley whose interview i just recorded told me that there is a titanic tarot the movie or just uh in general I guess in general, I haven't actually looked it up yet, but I wrote it down immediately. And now I think what it, regardless of what it is, I think I need it. Yeah, same. Um, But yeah, I came to that realization in adulthood where it's kind of like, I believe there's something out there. We're part of something bigger, but I think that I don't have the qualification to define what it is. Absolutely. It's a, it's a very personal experience and I don't want
1: some fucking man telling me what I should or should not be doing or what's right.
0: I'm just glad I didn't actually have tea in my mouth on that. <laughs> I was about to. <laughs> it was about to be a really exciting yeah, moment. Plus, If you look at like biblical
1: history and just the errors and in, and in, in inconsistencies in translations, there's no possible way you can know what was meant by the Bible.
0: Yeah, and that was again something that as I got older I started to, you know, when you when you when you have that moment you said you, I mean, see, for you, you never believe, mm-hmm. but for me, like I did. I mean, mm-hmm. and it was, and I think a lot of it was because again, I I took most of my religious teachings from my Methodist um, mm-hmm. actual church and they were very like, not Catholic. They were more like be and not a dick. That's that how it should message. be. I mean, that exactly. is what
1: the original teachings of Jesus were. And I know mm-hmm. I have some friends who um are very devout Christians who are some of the best people I know because they follow Jesus and not yep. the church
0: exactly and and you know that's how I was that's what I thought religion was for the longest time, mm-hmm. and then when I realized that's not how everyone thought about religion, that's when I ditched it, Oof. well, yeah, but it's one of those things yeah. where even back then it was like the concept was my at least this is me personally, but the way that I considered like Jesus or the concept of God was just like a presence out there that was Mm -hmm. kind of watching over the world and was just out there somewhere in the Mm -hmm. same way that i kind of think of it like now it just i i thought it had a name i thought his name was jesus Mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where like that's just how i thought of it Mm -hmm. because it made sense to me and you know then eventually you realize that the people around you who are teaching you. And I think, yeah, Pastor Nina ended up going somewhere else. And we had somebody Mm -hmm. in who wasn't as engaging and wasn't as nice. And Mm -hmm. I went to Catholic school all the way through high school. So I got older and I was like learning more and paying more attention, keeping Mm -hmm. my ears open and listening out. And that's when you started to hear these rhetorics that were really nasty where it's like, Mm -hmm. wait, when I was growing up, my pastor told me we had to love everyone, but you're saying we hate the gays. That doesn't make any sense. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I am, I I realize I am only a 13 year old. But I have to say ma'am, that mm-hmm. doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> and yeah, it just it, those were the moments where I started realizing where it's kind of like the stuff that they told me growing up in my church is at odds with what everyone else who claims they're a Christian is claiming.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was like this is wrong. Mm-hmm. I get I, I, I get into it with my husband
1: sometimes because he's very much an well he's more agnostic now, but He'll, he'll say like, oh, well, that's not what Christianity is. And I say well, that's, it's like the no true Scotsman. Like if you have enough people saying this is what Christianity is and getting to be the model for Christianity in America, that's what you associate with it. It, I I think it's on Christians to agree take care of their people. It's not on me to, you know, be nice to just say like, oh, well, you know, Christians are are good. Like, no, there's so many out there that are so hateful and are so actively harming people and and being cruel for the the sake of being cruel.
0: When I was little, 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 and I mean like a kid up until the underwear became popular, thong meant flip-flops. Same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's a slightly less dramatic example, but it's Mm -hmm. kind of like that word now, like, colloquially and socially refers mm-hmm. to the underwear mm-hmm. you may come at me and be like hey have you seen my thong and i'll go no i haven't seen your underwear and you want to argue with me about a flip-flop and be like well technically it's like yeah, yeah technically but- you might technically right but that's mm-hmm. not what that means anymore dude uh-huh. or there is an extreme example the swastika yeah oh jesus <laughs> can i just say like i just figured that argument out like as you said it was like i'm half indian mm-hmm. by the way and if you're one of those people that wants to use that stupid ass argument for why your white ass can use a swastika i hate you i do not trust people like
1: that at all no. no like if you're indian and using it okay but if you're just some fucking white dude who's like oh well you know i'm gonna I'm really, you
0: know, you no That's it's not, not even such a it's not even a prolific symbol within Hindu religion. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, like the the um, the cross yeah. made the sign of the cross. <laughs> um, the cross and the crucifix are very like iconic Christian mm-hmm. imagery. Like it's not like if it's not like the swastika is Hinduism in a symbol. But like mm-hmm. I, again, I'm half Indian. I've been around Indian temples in India and in shrines. The first time I ever saw a swastika on a thing in my life was at my cousin's wedding last year Mm -hmm. but they exist and it's one of those things where i'm like yes for those very specific purposes Uh
1: like if you want to you just want to be an edgelord like we all we all know what you're doing
0: come on 100 percent. Um, actually it's a symbol of buddha no it's a symbol Mm -hmm. of the fact that you are an asshole Mm -hmm. and the only reason i'm not allowed to hurt you is because there's laws i'm thinking really hard about it i I hope you get i hope you get hit by an
1: iceberg freeze to death in the north atlantic.
0: My newest one that makes people scratch their heads for a hot second has been go visit titanic without a submersible. <laughs> Would you No, you talked about it on one episode. I wouldn't either. No, I
1: um I'm Scary. terrified of deep water. Uh I'm I have a lot of nightmares about underwater statues like no i mean no I'm, not, I'm i'm only, i'm laughing because i have a <laughs> it's story very, it's very specific like no i have clear, oh. clear water and then coming across coming upon a very huge underwater statue and i feel like seeing the titanic would evoke a
0: similar sort of panic response in me so i think you and i have the same thing and i've realized it's called submechanophobia, yeah. which is th- yeah
1: I- <laughs> are you do you, are you on to do you go on the subreddit i don't really go on it a lot but sometimes if i want to like get a little thrill
0: did I do that? Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god. I've told the story a couple times, but it's so it's so stupid. I was sitting on my couch, on my big TV. By the way, I had something mm-hmm. like wholesome, like Shira playing, and I'm I'm wearing an electric blanket and pajamas and holding my phone like in the warmest, safest place mm-hmm. possible. And I'm watching on this tiny ass screen a video of an underwater animatronic shark Ooh. statue. And I almost started f- like f- crying. I was like, Yeah. It. I was like, I- You're at home. I need you to. Know <laughs> Everything <laughs> is safe. Just look Everything away from the like- screen. Yeah, tilt your chin up one degree. You'll be fine. You'll be <laughs> mm-hmm. No, but I, I, uh, that, I don't know why it scares me so much, but like, mm. I couldn't. A- I don't think I could go
1: on a boat like that in general. I would see the large ship and just freak the fuck out and nope out of there. I don't like things that are
0: that big. I think I could, but it would have to be. So I realized over the course of my life that I'm actually really good at suppressing the initial like panic emotion. Like I'd be Mm -hmm. a pretty good trauma response worker because I'm able to just kind of be like, hmm, that -hmm. doesn't mean I don't have feelings. It means in the moment we're able to like, it's funny. I bet you today if somebody like burst into my door and was like, guess what? ocean gates bringing you down to titanic i'd probably be like let's fucking go <laughs> i i would i really yeah. really would and i don't know why i think it's because like there is a certain weird adrenaline push mm-hmm. or it's where like someone where if someone offers it to me they're like expecting me to say yes or i'm like if i say no right. there's gonna be a thing oh, but if someone yeah, you just want to please them yeah. exactly but if someone was like hey ocean Gate's selling tickets it'd be like first of all i can't afford it, mm-hmm. so no. There would be a reason for me to say no, but it's kind of like if, if there, if someone like not challenged me, but if they were like, either you go down to Titanic or nobody goes down, I would go. Mm -hmm. But But if it's something where you're doing it independently and making
1: that choice yourself, that's a really hard leap to take.
0: It is. And it, hmm, it's because I'm also a tactile learner and I Mm -hmm. get very emotional about stuff and I can completely see myself having some kind of panic attack down there. Mm
1: -hmm yeah like i i really do I, I would need to be
0: heavily medicated and then yeah. i wouldn't really get to enjoy it so i don't exactly yeah. like i think i I think fully i'd just start crying like that's not even Probably. a joke i think yeah. yeah i would just start crying because i would be like oh my god this is how some people died surrounded by water and it's dark and it's cold and they're alone mm-hmm. in my, uh, and i would just freak out yeah or if at the, at the same out, time embarrass though, myself yeah i love i love stories of
1: shipwrecks and disasters at sea me too <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a slight
0: sickness. Yeah, I I don't know. It's like, uh, I it's like, yes. And no, it's one of those things where it's like, if it was, if the experience was offered to me as a person, because it's me, Mm -hmm. then I would say yes. But yeah, if it was the course of like, will I save up $250,000 and buy a ticket? No, 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 I will not do that. (laughs) No.
1: If I had $250,000 just laying around and, you know, if that was a drop in the bucket
0: to me, I don't, I don't know if I would still even do it i think at that point i might because at that point in life you just buy experiences for the sake of buying experiences right
1: that's true if you can afford everything you start to get bored and that's yeah. when you
0: start you know eating endangered species and yeah and then you yeah. have to take an exit then you have to take a, a trip to a weird monument and then you have to build a penis rocket like it's just a yeah. natural progression
1: yeah yeah
0: of things i don't <laughs>
1: Um well I need to start wrapping up. I was going to say cuz you show, have yeah, your witchy class. I've got my witchy class, yeah. But
0: before you go, I want to ask you uh just mm-hmm. two quick questions. Sure. Uh, the first one is a question they asked you already in Titanic minute. Uh, why do you hate Rob? <laughs>
1: uh, because Rob sucks. <laughs> obviously. I I'm, I'm so glad you listened to you. you listened to all of Titanic minute,
0: right? I did, but I re-listened to your episode oh, uh, thank you. yesterday. I <laughs>
1: so had I like so much fun. I had so much fun. And then um Rachel Gatlin and Liz Whitaker and I did um I think we did like two or three episodes for the credits yes yes you did um you should talk to those those two if you haven't
0: I I don't know how to I get in touch them with down. them I can I can hook you up uh, that would be great I would yeah. love to have yeah. them on uh all right cool so we've established that uh and before I let you go what is your Titanic story um well I was 11 when it uh-huh. came out and
1: everybody was going to see Titanic. I mean, we subscribed to entertainment weekly at the time and it was all everybody was talking about. Um, my best friend's mom had like a white star line poster in their house and I was so fascinated by it. Um, so at the time I went to see it. Um, so my one of the many periods of my childhood when my mom was working like three jobs and my dad was unemployed. Um, so my mom would have some of the younger girls that she bartended with take me to things (laughs) um like her friend that she worked with julie who was like 21 at the time julie and her boyfriend took me to see it and i remember julie like trying to cover my eyes during the drawing scene and i pushed her away and she was like well don't tell your mom (laughs) she was like trying to be the you know
0: i tried to picture like me being 21 like what would I do for my friend's uh, 11 year old? I'm like, do I touch right? you? Or do, I do I just, touch like,
1: yeah. do do I I just I... like
0: awkwardly put my arm in yeah, front of you? She it...
1: like reached her hand <laughs> and
0: I was like, no, no. She gave it 1% of a try and then was like, no, we're just, just don't tell your mom. <laughs> Perfect. I love That's amazing. Oh my God. Allison, then... thank you. Oh, thank you for having
1: me. This was really great. I really enjoyed this. Me and too. I have to I'm go gonna... back and listen to all of, the... I've listened to a couple episodes. I don't, I used to have a super long commute, so I used to listen to a lot of podcasts, and now I I don't because I work from home. Um, Trust me, I get that. And also we moved, and my commute now is like 15 minutes. So, But uh, I'll have to listen, because you've had on a lot of like not just about the movie, right? Like people who are more like history buffs, and and I really like that because, again, and when when I was like eleven, twelve, and my not like other girls, mm-hmm. I got really into the history of the Titanic, not just the romance of the movie. So nice. I like read
0: A Night to Remember and all of these mm-hmm. books when I was in sixth grade. Awesome. Uh, well, if you're into the history, you should definitely listen to the episodes off the top of my head with Dan Parks, mm-hmm. who runs the Titanic Officers Group, and mm-hmm. Mark Churnside, who is okay. a really well-known nonfiction author. Okay. And coming out in a couple weeks, I have an episode with Tad Fitch and J. Kent Layton, who are two of the three authors who wrote On a Sea of Glass.
1: Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's going to be a really oh, good that's one. that's great. Mm-hmm. And there's a. am sure that other people on my show who are, who are on there whose names I can't remember are like, mention me, and I'm like, oh, I can't remember, but yeah. <laughs> no i've been really fortunate to be able to have a variety of people on it and really learn a lot because i'm realizing i don't really know anything <laughs> mm-hmm. no and it's always interesting to talk to people who are subject matter experts and get to pick their brain exactly mm-hmm. but um yeah i will definitely have to have you on uh, again at some point in time and I love again, that. thank you for coming down thank you so much Thank you so much to Allison for coming on and also becoming one of my new best friends and if you want to hear more of her which you totally should she's been on a ton of the minute by minute podcast um she had one episode on the Titanic Minute podcast which I will link in the description box below she's also been a frequent guest on Bat Minute, Mad Max Minute, she was on Mean Girl Minute, The Mogwai Minute, um, TMNT Minute, and Minute, Minute Impossible. And if I go on any longer, it'll be too many credits. So go ahead and listen to at least her Titanic Minute episode, and then chase her around all over the internet and tell her to come back on my show. See you guys next time. Bye. Titanic Talkline was created and produced by me, Alexia. Be sure to keep up with the show on all the social medias at Titanic Talkline on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That is all one word: Titanic Talkline. T-I-T-A-N-I-C. T A L K L I N E. If you want to get in touch, be on the show, sponsor the show, or have a question or anything you want to tell me, send me an email at Titanic Talkline, again, all one word, at gmail.com. That's Titanic Talkline at gmail.com. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time. Bye!